Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Uh, I want us to do an exercise or an activity here together this morning. Uh, so over the past couple weeks, we've been in talking about this idea um, that God has um, expectations for his children. He has uh, desires for his children. And uh, we, we see that what we've been given, what we do with what we've been given matters to the Lord. Uh, and so this morning, I, I want to make it personal. I want to make it real before us. And, and I want to jot down some things we've been given. Uh, things in your life that you've been, this is your card, uh, but we're going to do this together. Uh, so let's start thinking about uh, some of the things that we have been given. Um, I'm not much of an artist, so I'm going to use a stick figure for this, but we've been given life. We've been given life. Uh, and so I, I would encourage you, let, let's start uh, in, draw it however big, small you want. But let's start with a stick figure because God has given us life. He's given us life. Today, if you're in Christ, we have new life in Christ. And so if you're experiencing that life today, if you're walking with Jesus, that is a gift. That's the gift of eternal life in Christ. So uh, let's draw a cross for life in Christ, what we've been given. So what maybe, let's think about this one this morning. We're, we're here together. We're the, together as a church. Uh, God's given us a place, a tool that we can come and worship together. It's dry and it's warm. Uh, man, and, and look at the relationships we get to build. Like, I am so deeply impacted by relationships uh, with you. And I, I, I hope you receive that too. So, so let's, let's draw a church as a gift. Just put a steeple on top. What about relationships? That's one I've, I've been processing throughout this entire series. You're like, wow, four whole weeks? Yeah, I'm a slow thinker. But like relationships, so many relationships are a gift. Friends and family, a gift. So let's write down a few of those. Just write down some relationships today that you're grateful for. So what about your home? What about your home? Whether that's a house, an apartment, an RV, whatever that is, if God has provided you a place to stay, a place to shelter and rest, man, that's a gift. That's a gift. That's something you've been given. So let's, let's write down that. 
you're like me, the only difference in a house and a church is the steeple on top. Because <laughs> I'm not an artist. So a, a house, a home. Uh, if, if you've been journeying with us throughout this series, you know we, we've talked about uh, time. We've talked about spiritual gifts. And we've also talked about money. So, so let's go ahead and include those three. What about your job, or maybe if you're in school or college, or maybe you're retired? Has God given you some opportunities there, some blessings there? I mean, sure, maybe your job or uh, every day is not in paradise, but it's still a gift. It's still a gift. So I would encourage you to, to write down your job, your school, your retirement vision, We're going to get there. This is a judgment-free zone, so if you forget to write down something, no one's going to judge you. We give you a free pass. What about passions, talents, giftings, natural talents? Uh, when, I, when I went through this exercise earlier in the week preparing, um, I wrote down cooking. I'm not saying I'm good at it, but I enjoy it. Uh, so that was one for me. Um. I call what I do a lot tinkering. I don't know if that resonates with any of you, but like just to go in and start to try to build something or make something or fix something like that, I enjoy that. Um, and I'm kind of naturally wired that way. And so uh, that's, I just wrote down tinkering. But what, what is it for you, whether it's sports or uh, music or whatever that would be for you? Also wrote down fishing. We're going to talk about passions. Not saying I'm talented at that either, but um, how's your card look? Right? Like in just a couple minutes, we begin to think about what we've been given and how much God has blessed us and moved in our lives. Our card starts to get full. I mean, really, we could use a poster board, right? As you look at that card, like as I look at this, I, I see my life, right? I mean, these aren't the essence, but it's not like heartbeat, but the things we enjoy, what we spend our time, like it's, it's here. Very much, this is, this is a reflection, of, a portrait of our lives. And I look at that and just think, man, God has given me so much. As you look at your card this morning, as you think through that, and, and keep writing, I mean, if you're putting stuff down, don't stop. But as you look at that card, I want to ask you a question. What are you doing with it? Not the piece of paper, but what are you doing with your life? What you've been given? What are you doing with it? You see, all those things that God has given you, what are you doing? You see, what you do with all, <laughs> all that you've been given, matters to the Lord. You see, everything that you've been in, everything that makes your life a life comes from God the Father, our Creator and Heavenly Father. It's a gift from Him. And as we have been on this journey, as we study His Word, He has a plan and a purpose and, yes, expectations for everything we would want to put on our card. Today we're concluding our four-part series called The Talents. Throughout this series, we've been 
asking and, and seeking to answer one key question that's kind of framed our journey, and that question is simply this, what does God expect of me? What does God expect of me? Um, through our, our teaching series it has been based on the parable of Jesus known as the parable of the talents. Uh, it's a story uh, that brings a sense of urgency, a sense of importance for how we live our lives awaiting the return of Christ. Uh, it, it illustrates, yes, specific instructions, specific expectations, if you will, of how we live while we wait for his return. And uh, if you believe that we are living in the end times, and I tend to believe that we are, like that gives this immediate relevance to our lives. Because we too are Jesus' disciples awaiting his return. Uh, Jesus told this story in two places, uh, in Matthew 25 and in Luke 19. Uh, each story has some nuanced differences that the author of the Gospels have, have focused in on and that uh, Jesus nuanced for who he was speaking to. Uh, but they both, though they are nuanced, have the same principle together. Um, it, it, it's illustrating this urgency at which servants, disciples are to live uh, their lives. Uh, Jesus tells the story that a master, or an employer, the boss man, is going away on a journey and he calls together his employees, his servants, uh, and he entrusts his wealth to them. He entrusts his wealth to them. Uh, and as he is going away, the servants uh, are given this, and, and they, they've been given instruction in Luke 19. He said uh, that they would take this money and put it to work. And so as the master has entrusted the servants, there's expectation there for what they do with it. So the master departs, and after a long time, he returns. And when he returns, he calls them together to see what they've been up to. How have they been using what they were given? It's a settling of accounts in the story. As the servant comes forward, the master's expectations and desires become clear because there's consequences for what they've been doing. And so the servants who acted with faithful urgency and invested what they were given, they receive a reward, a praise. But then the servant comes that took what he was given and, and hid it away or buried it in the ground for safekeeping. And as that servant approaches, he receives a, a harsh and vivid sentence. You see, this servant who wasn't faithful receives the ultimate ruin. We begin to see that this is a hard truth. It's a hard story. Jesus shared this story. Uh, he, he didn't want us to miss, he didn't want anyone to miss the truth that, that what we do with what we've been given matters to the Lord. What we do with what's on our cards matters to God. It matters to God. You see, he, he is in the details of our lives. He cares deeply about our day in and day out, day-to-day -day life. And he has expectations of his followers to leverage their lives for his kingdom growth. W within this four-part series, we began talking about time, the gift of 1,440 minutes every day to be invested for the growth of the kingdom. We, we talked next about spiritual gifts and the variety of, of ways that God has equipped his body, he's equipped you and me and through the spirit to fulfill the mission of the church, the growth of his kingdom. Last week, we talked about money and, and we talked about how uh, uh, God doesn't desire that we would feel guilty for having it, but that we would feel responsible for it. 
that we would feel responsible because that is a matter of the heart. And it's important that we would stop and slow down and zero in on these specific topics like time and talents and our money, even what's on our cards. But all of these things are really just handles for us to try to get around the central truth that Jesus wants us to see. What does God really want from me? What does God really expect? That's been our journey for four weeks now. So what what does God really want? He wants it all. He wants it all. Jesus said in the Gospels, if you want to cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, Jesus says, you will find it. Think about that. If if you cling to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you'll give up your life for me, Jesus said, you will find it. (laughs) You will find it. Do you want to know the fullness of life? Lay it down. Lay it down. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to hear your voice this morning. Speak through your word. God, tune our ears to hear your voice. Spirits whisper this morning. Search us. Know us, Lord. We are your people seeking after you. Convince us this morning, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Give your copy of Scripture this morning. Our teaching text is going to be in John 15. Uh, John 15, we're going to begin at verse 9. Uh, If you were to follow in the Gospel of John and arrive uh, to John 15, uh, Jesus chronologically is just hours away from the cross. Uh, He and his disciples are sharing a meal together. Jesus has brought them together and giving them some final teachings, some final instructions before he's about to go away. And and as you think about that, I want to just pause and and invite you here. Uh, Think about this scene for a minute in relation to our journey through the parables. Uh, Here, Jesus, in John 15 and earlier, uh, Jesus, the master, is going away. And he has called together his disciples, and he is entrusting them with teaching and instruction and visions of the kingdom. Like, I, I just can't help but wonder, like, were these guys thinking about the parable of the talents in this moment? Did that register for them? Did that register Chapter 15 opens, uh, Jesus is using a a very familiar picture uh, for the first century disciples, uh, uh, that of the vine and the branches. Uh, And he's using this image to to unpack relationally. He he identifies God the Father as the gardener and the one who prunes the branches. Jesus identifies himself as the true vine and the disciples are the branches who are supposed to bear the fruit. As we enter into verse 9, our teaching text today, uh, Jesus is unpacking this central theme with a little bit more direct language. And that's where we're going to begin today at verse 9. He says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. 
I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus is teaching, commissioning, and he says, remain in my love. Abide, dwell, rest in my love. Learn from him, know his heart. He longs to give joy in that completely. You see, when we ask, what does God expect of me? What does he want from me? It's asked within a framework of relationship, of abiding and remaining in intimacy with him. And so this is not an arbitrary command from an overruling boss or principal. It's a relational commitment. It's a relational invitation. relational not contractual (laughs) it's relational so as we continue let's keep that framework together as we go forward let's look at verse 12 he says my command is this love each other as I have loved you love each other as I have loved you greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends In Luke 19, uh, when the master was commissioning his servants, he said, put this money to work until I return. Here, Jesus says to his disciples, love each other as I have loved you. It's quite a commissioning. You see, not too long ago in the story for the disciples, they were were fighting, they were bucking heads a little bit about who was going to be greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus says, no, no, boys, that's not true greatness. He reorients their priority. He says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Not that we would lay down or not that the disciples would just lay down time or money or talents, but Jesus says, true Greatness, true love is laying down your life, our all before him. You see, in just a few hours, Jesus would go to the cross and he showed the world the ultimate standard of love. And he says, love others as I have loved you. Let's continue in our text. He says in verse 14, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. Verse 17, this is my command, love each other. It's fascinating to me that Jesus in these moments takes time to reframe, to reorient the relationship. He says, I I no longer call you servants, I I I call you friends. Because friends know, and the disciples know the heart of the master. They know his heart. Again, you see this idea of relational emphasis. 
If you remember in the parable of the talents in Matthew, uh, it was that the servants were entrusted with the master's wealth. Servants were expected to figure it out, to go on their own. But here Jesus says, you are my friends. I have chosen you. Why? So that you can live for yourself? So that you can keep a tight grip on everything that's on our card? No, he says, I, I, I've chosen you. I've, I've appointed you that you would bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Friends, that's a kind of cards on the table living. For Jesus, we see that there's a direct link between bearing fruit and loving one another and laying down your life. Love others as I have loved you. Um, grab your card with me for a minute. We see Jesus, the master, um, preparing his disciples to go away. And he leaves this command to love others. And he demonstrates the great love that we are to invest and in, to love others with. And it's an all-encompassing, it's an all-invitation. And so we have, we're faced with this call, this commissioning, and we're asking a question like, what does God expect of me? If what I do with what I've been given matters to the Lord, what, what do you want me to do? If I'm honest, I, I begin to think about that and process that, and you know, you think, what does it look like to lay down your life for the Lord, to, to give it all? As we think about that and think about laying down our life, I, I think sometimes we go get a pair of scissors and say, okay, okay. Lord, what does it look like to lay down my life? Well, Lord, I know you're calling me. You're inviting me. Um, all right, Lord, I, I'll go to church. I'll go most Sundays. I'm especially going to go when they have potlucks on February the 11th. Um, but okay, Lord, I'll go. I'll be a part of the church. All right. Man, I still sense the Lord calling me. Lay down your life. Lord, what, what are you? All right. Lord, I'll give you my money. So you take the scissors out. Here we go. I'll give you my money. But you still sent like, lay down your all. Lord, what, do you, what does that mean? All right. Like, I, I can give you our home. Lord, I, I know you brought us there. Um, you know, we, we, can, we can host there. We can try to make that a safe space to share meals with folks and invest in others. Like, all right, Lord, you can, you can have it. You can have it. But you're still calling. Lord, what is it? What is that? All right, Lord, you, you want my work too? Like, all right, I can figure this out. Well, I give you permission to do whatever you will at work. It's yours. 
given our life, right? Lord, talents, abilities, passions, okay. Not even sure I'm that good at cooking, but whatever. I can probably cook some meals and, and give it to uh, the take them a meal train that we see on, at church. Like, all right. Tinkering, all right. Um, I, I guess, Lord, I, I can build a squirrel feeder and sell it and give the money to Hope Distributed or EAU. Whatever, Lord, like, it, it's fine. Fishing, I'm not sure what you want to do with that, but all right. Put whoever you want to in the front or the back of the boat. It's fine. It's yours, Lord. You gave it to me. But you see, we can come to think about giving our lives and pulling out our scissors, and we begin to carve up little pieces. That's not what Jesus has in mind. That's not what Jesus has in mind. You see, so many times I think we hear messages like this and invitations to give our all, to surrender, and we begin to pull out our scissors and carve out little pieces that we're comfortable with. But friends, here's the issue with that, and I suppose that's a good place to start, but here's the issue with that. As long as we're holding on to the scissors in our life, we're clinging to control. We're deciding what we'll give the Lord. And the invitation of this passage and the life that Jesus is calling to is to lay down our control and our life and say, it's yours. That's the invitation. As long as we're holding on to this, we're clinging to control. And laying down your life is a life of surrender. That we stop trying to give little pieces and we just lay it all down. That's what the Apostle Paul's talking about in, in, in Romans 12. He says, therefore I urge you, urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Offer your all as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. He says, offer your bodies. It's not a fragmented bit of our lives and what we put together. It's all complete surrender, a heart posture that clings to nothing for ourselves but gives it all to the Lord. The message paraphrase says it this way. It says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you, that's important. <laughs> this is a journey and an invitation of grace. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life Take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life, and place it before the Lord as an offering. As an offering. Paul says, put down your scissors. God doesn't want part of your life. He wants it all. John and Mandy, if y'all want to make your way back up. If you would go back to our theme question that we've carried throughout, what does God expect of me? What do we see? What do we see in Jesus' words, his commissioning, if you will, in John 15? First, we see that we remain in intimacy and in union with Christ. 
And friends, the truth is, we can't live this life apart from him, and we were never intended to. So he says, remain in intimacy, abide, rest, stay connected. And he says, love one another as I have loved you. It'd be easier just to give a bigger offering than that, wouldn't it, Lord? But he says, love one another as I have loved you. When we begin to live this life in relationship, remaining in his love, receiving his joy, loving as he loved, we begin to see that Jesus, as he loved, he didn't hold back. He didn't play it safe. He didn't get out scissors and just carve out little pieces that he could give to the Father. He gave it all. He gave it all. He gave sacrificially. He gave completely. He laid down his life. And friends, that's what he calls us to. To give up your life. (laughs) To lose your life. To lay it down. Not to give pieces and parts, but just to give it all and the control. Are you ready to put down your scissors and give God your all? Here's what I'd like you to do with your card. Um, I would just invite you to put that somewhere you can see it this week. Uh, If that's in the dash of the car or that's in the bathroom mirror or that's in your scriptures. Just put it somewhere that you can see it. And that's it. Because I'm believing and I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Every time you look at that card, you begin to think about what I've been given. What are we called to give? So as you look at that card this week, I just invite you to listen. Listen. And I would invite you to give him your all just as he gave his all for you. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, Thank you for your great love, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that when the time came to lay down your life, Lord, you you didn't look around for scissors. You said, okay, Father. Not my will, but thine be done. And Lord, you call us to live that same kind of life where it's all placed before you on the altar. Lord, we we give it to you. We surrender our control to where there's there's not a thing in our lives, there's not a thing we've been given, a thing we do that our heart says is mine. We say it's yours. Do with it as you will.
Lord, that's a life of surrender. It's an invitation to live in intimacy with you and surrender our all. So, Lord, as we see that card this week, I pray that you would remind us again and again. Invite us, Lord Jesus. Check our surrender, Lord. Check our hearts. And, Lord, we know today that, that we can't do this apart from you. Yes, Lord, we, we need to respond obediently, but, Lord, we need you to move mightily through your Holy Spirit in our hearts fill us, to cleanse us, to show us, Lord, how to love like you love. We know, Father, that you are faithful to do that. Surrender, Lord. It's all yours. It's in your precious and holy name that we pray. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.